Hello, you're listening to Car Chum. I'm Tony. Very quickly, for the sake of peerless continuity, my third choice for last week's cars I wish I hadn't sold was my Vauxhall VXR8. Brilliant in almost every way, and I don't doubt that it'll come up again in the future. Now, do you believe in love at first sight? That's the question I asked my car chum, Mike Renault. He knows a thing or two about four-wheeled friends, having written about them for most of what he calls his career. In a bid to keep him brief, we chose the hottest day of the year to record in the UK and locked Mike in an airless room upstairs for the duration of the recording. The plan failed, though, and we ended up with a bonus-length car chum this time. He must just love the heat. If you're time poor, the second half has the romance element, relationship advice and some French pronunciation tips. So, just how hot is it in there, Mike? I'm currently in a room with all the windows closed and it is 70 degrees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love your use of old money, 70 degrees. Well, that's, I don't understand the modern stuff. I don't know how that works, because people say, oh, you know, oh, it was 19. Like, well, that doesn't sound a lot. That's like winter. <laughs> what does your car boil over at? Oh, that's a good question. The, um, well, the BMW never has, and the Rover boils over probably about three minutes after you turn the key or two if there's a hill involved. I was meaning in, in in degrees, not minutes. Oh, OK. Most people, most people measure their engine temperature in degrees, not minutes. Well, maybe maybe you need a new car, because we're always searching, aren't we? And uh, guess what I found this morning for sale? What'd you find? What'd you find? 1980. Actually, wait a minute. I've got to look it up on my iPad while we talk about it, because I can't remember the year, but I saw it advertised. <laughs> uh, it's a Lincoln Town car, anyway. Let me tell you. Oh, let me, t- let me Yeah, let me tell you what I do know. Oh, wait a minute. I'm on all the wrong pages here. Um, yeah, it's a town car. It's in black. Um, with a black interior, and it's uh, it's one of the oh, wait, where's the bottom of this page? It's uh, just what you want in uh, in the boiling hot weather. These are surprisingly good value. Okay, what year are we looking at, Tanker? That's what I'm looking up. Helpfully, uh, eighty-eight. I was going to say, I think I reckon it's about eighty-seven or eighty-eight from memory. Yeah. So it's the square-shaped one. This is the was it the Panther platform on those? They look very much like a Crown Vic, don't they? Yeah, that's beyond my knowledge. Um, <clears throat> what platform it okay. is? It's the we'll square cut, we'll one. Cut that out, and, and then you can say, "Yeah, of course, it's, it's the Panther platform." No, no, I d- no, no, no. I don't need to pretend to be an expert on Lincoln Town cars. Oh, okay. Um, it is, uh, you know, the one that came afterwards was more rounded, wasn't it? This is yes. the, the squarer shaped one. It was the super square seventies kind mm-hmm. of version that that's it. had you know opera windows in the back. Yeah, it's got um, a, and and the half vinyl, the, that weirdest yes. design of a half vinyl roof. Yeah. Can you explain that to me? What is the point of a half vinyl roof? Um, it basically goes back to is, is, as with a lot of American vehicles, it's harking back to a simpler time um, when you had the chauffeur compartment was open on a car. So you know, uh, right okay. up until the thirties. The passenger sat in the back in comfort, and there was an open area with no roof over the chauffeur. Yeah, and I think that's probably where the idea comes from of the half final. Is it's it's that what I think they used to call a coupe de ville, mm-hmm. um, or, or or just a deville. 
Yeah. So with a half roof, and you probably get that even as far back as uh, as the horse and cart era, because the passengers are protected and the driver isn't. Because okay. the driver was always a chauffeur. Because so, I'm always suspicious when I see a vinyl roof on a on a on a big car or half a vinyl roof or something, and I think, well, this is this is this you know this is a legalised cut and shut limousine, isn't it? <laughs> you know, where 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 you you cunningly use vinyl to cover up the um the MIG weld that you've put right the way around the thing. Well, they they the vinyl roof did tend to be used uh, on on occasion for that. Exactly. Half of thinking of is the uh, it's the Plymouth Superbird. Where they they took a, a a normal Plymouth turned it into the homologation special just mm-hmm. for racing, but they had to sell five hundred of them. Right. Um, but they basically put a more aerodynamic window in these cars, and because they're only making five hundred, they didn't bother to really engineer it incredibly well. It was just a case of uh, chucking some bits of metal and roughly finish it off with a grinder and a bit of primer, <laughs> and then they all got a vinyl roof because that was the it was just far quicker to cover it up. So when people start restoring these cars, they look at it and think, well, that's been in some sort of horrendous accident. And that's actually the way they were were from the factory. So this town car, it's got the, I'm just looking through the pictures, it's got the alloys on it that are, that that at a distance look like um, wires. But then, but I mean, they're not. They're absolutely not. It's more kind of just a sort of turbine effect, but they look a bit like wires at a distance. So it's in black. It's got sunroof. Yep. It's got that. It's not. You're nearly right with the opera windows. They're not. They're not ovals, but they're upright vertical slits. Like it's like, like it's got arrow slits in the back. <laughs> yeah, um, kind of like a louvered window. Yeah, you, like the louvers. That's right. Yeah, you could. And but inside, this is what I quite like about this. Actually, is it's black, black leather, mm. obviously. You know, with the, all the massive fold down um, armrests and things. Um, mm. But it's a four-spoke steering wheel, which is ugly, um, with with a square crash pad in the middle with, and the fake wood. It's, yes, it's lovely, really, really. <laughs> I really like it actually. Is is it that is it that sort of ruche kind of material no. like velvet? No, it hasn't. It hasn't got the ruching. It hasn't. Um, it hasn't gone that far. Uh, it is actually. It's it's much nicer for it. Actually, it's just black leather with the. Um, you know, the upright Lincoln logo, I don't know whether it's stitched in embossed or stuck on, well, but it's, it's of course on the advantage chair. of buying a black limousine as opposed to a white one is it's been far less likely to be used for weddings. Okay. Why is that an being, advantage? being black, it probably has been used as a limousine rather than had its guts thrashed out at weddings every, uh, every mm. weekend. This isn't. This is a short wheelbase. It's really short, actually. Look yeah. at it from the side. It's just, and it's a signature series. That doesn't mean anything to me. Obviously. I think it reads. I think it reads extra fake wood. I like this. Thing. <laughs> I quite fancy this. How how much is it roughly? Ten. Doesn't Ten thousand. Like, yeah, doesn't sound like very much, does it? Ten thousand pounds. Hmm. But okay. it's a town car, isn't it? If you, you know, if it were a you know a Continental or something, it gets. Much racier, but town cars. Town cars aren't very popular, are they? It really? Sounds a lot. Oh, I was going to say that doesn't. Sound, no, I'm looking at the condition. It doesn't look like much to me, actually. Ten grand okay. looks like good value on that, actually. What's the appeal of something like that for you? Um, is it kind of a kitsch value, or you genuinely yeah, believe some... it is a good car? Oh no! It's, well, I mean, well, there's good and good, isn't there? I mean, you know, it would be pretty. I've never driven one, but no. I can imagine. Having driven similar vehicles, what it is, what it what it is <laughs> you, like. You've been on a bouncy castle, haven't you? 
<laughs> Not at 70, I haven't. Imagine imagine the most comfortable sofa you've ever sat in mm. on a bouncy castle mm-hmm. in a high wind <laughs> where you're thinking, ooh, this could be blown away at any moment. Yeah, I but think... you feel relaxed enough that you could probably go to sleep. That's pretty much like driving a, any big Lincoln. Yeah, it's good fun. I'm not in a hurry. Most of the time, I'm not in a rush. What's the rush? And that leads me on to another one that I've fancied, actually, recently. Uh, this came... I got an invite to a club that I'm not a member of, and I went along for their, their day out to go and meet them. Very nice okay. day. And um, one of the guys... Uh, showed me around the clubhouse and they'd been to on a big trip to Morocco right. um, and had a fantastic time um, apparently if you organise it kind of with a, another club over there um, if you get a kind of like a, a twinning club uh, <laughs> um, they lay on everything and the, and the police come out and they escort you how cool is yeah. that? And they st- <laughs> one guy, they told me the story one guy got lost, got separated from the convoy and um the police actually stood at each junction and directed him. So it was like it was like having a police sat nav. <laughs> each junction he turned up, stopped, and the police would say, you know, left, right, straight on down there, etc. Yeah, amazing. So uh, anyway, they had a great trip. But the photo up on the wall, um, what was it? It was an MG, uh, a later one, a you know, plastic bumper one. Um, in the foreground and in the background coming around the corner in the hills in Morocco um, a shadow one in silver oh. and it just looked lovely and the yes. guy that drove it said to me he said yeah he said because I think he's got all sorts well he has got all sorts of um, you know, decent metal in the garage but he said I always take the shadow which he's owned from new which again mm-hmm. is pretty cool for a um, 71 I think it was 71, oh. 72 shadow oh. one um, uh, he said I always take that because you know, it's a fairly gruelling drive around Morocco. He said, it's fantastic. You sit there exactly like you're saying in leather armchairs with the air conditioning on. And he said, everyone else is, you know, really you know, feeling the heat and feeling the dust and feeling the, the, the you know, the, what starts out being a great fun drive turns out to be hard work, um, but, it, but not in the Shadow One. So it's a late Shadow One. So it's got quite a few of the bits from the series two, from the Shadow Two yeah, on yeah. it, um, I hadn't seen inside it, so I didn't didn't see whether it got the later dash and whatnot. But but what, no. what, surpri- what surprises me about the Shadow One, and they are a great car, and I have managed to drive sort of two or three over mm. the years, mm-hmm. um, and and Shadow Twos. Yeah. What surprised me is, could you think of Rolls Royce, and they're they're selling cars around the world. But generally, they only made about 400 a year of the Shadow 1. Well, that figure does change a little bit. But of the Shadow 1 four doors, they made roughly 400 a year. Right. Uh, and then the things like the Corniches and so on, they probably made 100, 150 convertibles. They're still really quite rare cars. Yeah. When you consider how often you do see them, they turn up to shows. Obviously, they're very well built, so they last. People having spent a lot of money on them, do tend to take care of them. But they are still a pretty rare car. If you wanted to go out and find, you know, a, a red one or a blue one, yeah. uh, and, you know, and you needed it next week, you'd think, oh, yeah, shut me up. Those Royces are everywhere. They're actually not. No. They're and pretty the t- rare. The T-Series, the Bentley equivalent's even worse, isn't it, when there, there really are only a handful of those. Yeah. And they yeah. were they were just badged and different grill, weren't they? But, they, you know, they're, they're, they're super rare. In fact, there was one for sale... Um, 
last week. Again, it was it was only about 10, 12 grand. It looks really nice, actually. Not I, I don't think it was, you know, it was never going to be a show winner, but it looked mm. it looked usable. There's only pictures, but you know, not a lot of money. They have gone up though, like everything else. But some some of it some of the going up is because I think a lot of these cars are getting old enough now where they're being restored, aren't they? And so yeah. your actual the, the the pool of of average to rubbishy ones is diminishing. And yes. so you, you, your opinion on the value is that, that everything's shooting up, which, yeah, I mean, it is, but, but there's the, the, you're actually looking at better quality stock as well, aren't you? They are, yeah, I mean, absolutely, yeah. Like, like with virtually every classic car now, the only ones that are left are the unrestored mm. originals, the very, very rough ones that are rapidly turning into parts cars, and, and the nice restored ones. Um, you know, the, the sort of entry-level slightly shabby classic cars are getting rarer and rarer. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Rolls-Royce's Bentleys are lo- right. lovely you, drive. You still own two of them. <laughs> oh, yeah, got, got a backyard full of them. Just <laughs> uh, can't shift them, mate. The, um, I'm storing the, up the, all the rubbish for the future. Talking about the um, Rolls-Royce Shadows, it reminds me of a, a, another car that saw and immediately wanted. It was at a car show. And it was a Shadow too. But it was one of the conversions into an estate car. Never seen one. This one was done for one of the Who, and I don't think it was Keith Moon. But he'd had this thing specially built as an estate car. And they look fantastic. Because they're such a square car anyway. They Mm. really, really suit the estate body. And I rather fell in love with this thing. Yeah, so another another car kind of in, perhaps not in the same league as Rolls-Royce Shadow's, Perhaps not in the same league as a Lincoln Town car, um, but Alfa Romeo 166, which was the big yeah. saloon of the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. And I used to work uh, down near Brighton, and every lunchtime, go for a walk to get a sandwich, and I'd pass this Alfa Romeo dealership. And they had a brand new 166 3 litre mm-hmm. in that kind of pearlescent white paint mm-hmm. that, that sort of changed well, it had a slight rainbow effect to it when the sunlight hit it this thing was up on a turntable and it just looked amazing and it's one of those times where I just thought if I had the money I'd walk straight into the dealership and buy that no idea you know don't, doesn't matter what the spec is doesn't matter what it costs <laughs> that's just perfect as it sits there so um, I don't, can, I, can I totally disagree with you? I don't like the 166. No, no, no you may not. No, you can't, no, because I'm right and you're wrong. <laughs> I don't like what the don't 166. Like? What is there to not like about the 166? The, head, the headlights are too small. Mm. It looks it looks sort of irritated at the front. Um, and oh, I, I like that in a car. I like a car that looks irritated. <laughs> I don't like the rear lights. I don't right. like any of it. I think it was a, a, a poor imitation of the um, Type 5, what was it called? 164, 164 before it. Much better. Well, you're wrong, but okay. Much nicer. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, I, I take on board what you, what you say. I mean, you're not completely incorrect about the headlights. They do look small. It's, it's not a perfect car, I suppose. I mean, there's so many flaws in the actual cars anyway. Um they're, even for an alpha, they're temperamental. Mm-hmm. But there's just something about... I, I, I've never been a sports car person. I've always been a GT and a big sort of four-door car kind of guy. And the 166, just at the time, 
it was around. And when I saw, and you very rarely saw them on the road anyway. They didn't sell many. Um, it just struck me as uh, just being such a fantastic looking car at the right place and the right time. Um, would I still want to own one? Yes, it would probably be in the top 50, but probably not in the top 10 of cars I would want to own. But mm. just walking past the showroom and seeing this one in pearlescent white, it just really did it for me. No, I understand. I understand. Actually, near us, there's a. Um, the, I mean, it's been there. Oh, it's been there too long now. I think. I mean, it's been it must have been sitting for at least a decade now at a, at a um, sort of country village garage. Mm-hmm. Um, so many of these left now, actually, are there? Um, with cars sort of spilled out over the forecourt, just sitting there. They're not. They're not for sale. They're not being fixed. They just. They're just there. You know, <laughs> just an excuse to have a very cheap car collection for a lazy man. Yeah, except for they haven't moved for. You know, they haven't moved forever. Presumably, this one. It's, an, it's a one six four. Didn't. Didn't. You know, went in broken and has never reemerged. But it's a pity because it's. It's sat there, and of course, they. they their bodies at that point were very good. I mm. don't know what. Don't worry. It's kind of mid nineties, ninety five, something like that. Um, uh, it's a 164. Again, it's the three litre, you know, with those lovely um, chrome uh, inlet runners and whatnot. And, you know, beautiful thing to look at under the bonnet. Um, and I actually stopped and, you know, the garage was closed. And I actually finally, after a decade of looking at it, went, went and had a little poke around it while the garage was shut, you know, climbed over the uh, the little fence and had a quick look. But it's <laughs> um, it, it's still it's still really solid. And it's, it's, it's in red and it's got um, the black leather interior and it's nicely wow. specced up um but jeez oh, what a job to you know to put it back together it's it's not good and, and but bear in mind it went in there with something fairly fatal to start with so um well, you, you, you never know i mean you you kind of take a chance on any car but i know you know i, I know people you, you yourself we've mentioned in the past you bought a range rover that are supposed to be the most horrendous cars possible and yours was absolutely great and never went wrong on you. No. I know people who've done that with Citroens. Yeah. They're sort of 70s Citroens and people, well, virtually any Citroen really, uh, from the from the 50s onwards to up to the 90s and beyond, uh, have this reputation for being horrendous. But I know people have pulled them out of swamps and you know, all they've needed is you know a, a £10 piece or a, a couple of fuses and a a yep. good clean out and they've, they've gone on to be absolutely perfect cars you kind of take a chance I know but I tell you what, what will irritate me on that Alpha is the fact that I could have gone 10 years ago you know when I first started looking at it before it had sat outside for 10 years uh, number one and deteriorated mm. number two before it actually kind of escalated in value at all in other words so 10 years ago it was worth nothing <laughs> you know now you might actually question that actually if it's if, if if it is a potentially decent one it might actually have some value to it so i think those two things would would just nettle me too much to to actually progress it but it's a pretty so i get i, I kind of get the one one six six thing but um either the the first gen or the second gen you know after they sorted out the lights at the front once they made the lights at the front bigger I mean, I think they must have sold about three in the UK by that point. But uh, I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, they were rare cars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did. The one, the the first generation of one six six. You did see a few of them. The second generation, they put on the, you know, the deeply feminine, shall we say, deeply feminine V grille at the front that they, um, yeah, they got very into and they expanded I'm, the headlights. I'm secure enough in my masculinity to drive them with it. <laughs> I don't mind if people look and go, "Oh, you've got a woman's car." 
or at least the front bit anyway. I'm not. I don't the, mind. The other thing that bothers me about about them actually and the V6s is, is, and this this again is irrational. All right, and I accept that it is because no, I'm no, not. No, that's not Daytona. <laughs> uh, I'm not a. I'm not a. You know, a, like a rear drive nut or anything. I actually, quite like front drive. Mm, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, it's it, that car. It's front wheel drive. Yeah, I, and it just doesn't. I don't know. It wouldn't make any difference in the real world. None at all. I accept that. Well, until you spun off at a corner, it probably would. <laughs> but, that would be but, the point where you think. I wish these had been rear-wheel drivers. Yeah, because it's going to be, be nose-heavy. But but I don't think... Look, in the real world and just driving normally, I don't think that matters. I actually no. really genuinely do. But it's just this irrational thing at the back of my head that says, this is a big luxury car with sporting pretenses, mm-hmm. and pretenses even, and it mm-hmm. has a, a V6, lovely engine in it, mounted the wrong way round driving the wrong wheel that would just bug me and and i don't know whether i doubt they've got limited slip diff on the front no they wouldn't have i doubt it very much but i just, believe it may have been an option on the bigger yeah, engine ones but i yeah. am making that up really but again no, no one would have specified it because it's not really that kind of car is it but so it just i don't know there's just too much stacked against it for me so i'm out no fail Okay, well, I'm, I'm then going to introduce another, completely the other end of the spectrum, and it is another front-wheel drive car, but I think you will have more favour with this. We go back to early 1980s London, where I lived. I was a, a very small child. Um, I was probably about seven, eight, nine years old. Uh, most of the neighbours had big jags, um, but one neighbour had a, and I don't know what year it was, going to say mid-60s Mini Countryman, which okay. was the Mini Estate with mm-hmm. the wood. And he basically restored it. He was a massive guy. He's about six foot one, so I don't even remember how he fitted into this Mini. But he systematically restored it over several weeks, and it wasn't a rough car, so, you know, it just needed kind of a little bit of fettling. And then he repainted it, painted it bright red, and put the Mini Cooper wheels on it, and I think a Cooper grill and... Nice. I think the engine was still completely standard. But this lovely little red mini Woody, I saw it and thought, that's fantastic. You know, nine-year-old me loved this car. So hey, if it was Clubman at that point, was it the... No. Um, yeah, so that's the different front end, isn't it? The Yeah, not, Club, not, Clubman was yeah. a very boxy front end one, which... I they preferred did, that. Um, they didn't look bad as an estate. I liked uh, it. The, the, the club, and it kind of balanced it out. But this was the proper, you know, original front-end Mini. This would have been in the mid-60s, I'm guessing. don't really remember. But I, it, I think it was probably the first Woody I'd seen. Um, and were they genuine? I've got a feeling they were genuine wood on the early Countrymans, and then the Clubman versions that you said, I, I think, were, um, were, were the sort of Dynock plastic. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you know, Morris Traveller, they were structural. They weren't. The wood wasn't structural on the no, Mini, no, no. I believe. No, no. Come on, because they did it without, didn't they? So yeah, yeah. Yes, of course, yes. It was an option, wasn't it? On the yeah. Mini, yeah. Yeah, there was an estate, and there was a, the country one with the wood version. So yeah, they, they, yeah, absolutely right. But it, it just again, the right car, the right color, the right time. It just looked so damn cute, and I hadn't seen many Mini estates. You know, all the ones that were around were saloons. I have looked at the you know the BMW Minis. Um, you know, getting one, never had yeah, one. Yeah, all Dri- I'd ever do is look at them. Yeah, <laughs> um, I've, I've I've driven quite a few. You know, and they're, they're good fun. But I um. The only one I think that I actually came close to wanting was a Clubman. 
Yeah, before mm. before they made them five doors, I think that that just spoils it. But they, so the 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 Mark One and Mark Two of the the new the new Mini, I think in in Clubman form was is probably the nicest. But uh, the, the old ones I, again, that's a car that I've never owned. Everyone else seems to have owned a Mini. Um, mm. I don't know. I sat in one again the other day at, a, at this club meeting. It was lovely because it had the. Um, it was a Cooper. Uh, I think it was badged a Cooper S, but I think it was a Cooper. It was like mm-hmm. maybe early seventies. I can't. I don't. Don't remember. But um, uh, but really nice uh, walnut dash and the big instruments and, and whatnot. It was, it was actually and, and leather. They put blue leather interior in it, and it was actually a really nice car. But I don't know. I don't, I just, I've never particularly wanted it, even sitting in that and looking at that. And it did look really good fun, and the, the little ten inch wheels and whatnot it looked looked cracking good fun. But I don't know. I didn't really I, want it. I was never that enamoured of minis until I drove an early one. I'd, I'd sat in a couple of a friend at school used to borrow his sister's mini and we'd sort of go out and that and that was like an 80s you know whatever mini city or something like that mm-hmm. uh, and I'd never been that bothered and then I was on a photo shoot where the guy had two fairly early Mark 1s and he said well do you want to drive one uh, you know we've got to get to the photo location you know here's the keys mm-hmm. follow me he had a pickup I think and I, I drove this whatever it was, 998, something like that, maybe 997. And it was fantastic. It was the early one. It had the, the sort of narrow map pockets in the doors, so you yeah. had a lot more yeah. leg room. And yeah. I'm, I'm sort of just under six foot tall. Um, the pedals were, I think, better spaced out than the, than the later cars. Um, it just, you know, it's a cliche, but it, they do handle like a go-kart. Mm. And when you get a good one, and this one had been slightly breathed on it, had a little bit more power. I think it may have had twin cars. Um, just great. You know, very, very hard car to fall. Mm. My last one uh, is a, a brand new, actually. Um, mm. uh, God, this I, better be good. Well, I was at home base the other day. Um Right, and they've got some lovely, lovely outright vans, Mercedes <laughs> Sprinters. Now, opposite, there's a um, uh, an Alpine dealer, which is Ooh. pretty rare. You know, there, there aren't, I don't know how many Alpine dealers there are in the UK or around the world. But I um, you mean Renault? Yeah. That would um, be Alpine. Then, Alpine, we? is it Alpine? Do yeah. I say it wrong all the way? Okay, it's Alpine. some Sunbeam Alpine, Renault Alpine. Many thanks. Don't worry, we'll, we'll cut that bit out. <laughs> so opposite, there's an Alpine dealer. Is that how you say it? Yeah, wondered. it is. <laughs> uh, now I've got to leave all of that in, haven't I? Okay, there's an Alpine dealer. Anyway, and I stopped. It, I've, I've driven right. past it a dozen times. Oh, no more than a dozen times. Never stopped, though. Mm. Um, but something drew me in, and it's not normally colours of cars that pull me in, but this one was spectacular, and mm. it is called. You can connect. Correct me on my French pronunciation again. Are you ready, Mike? I um, doubt it. Vert. No, it's not. It hasn't got an e on the end, so it must be Vert. Vert Emerald. 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 Emerald oh, green. Okay. Right. It's kind of like it's not quite the you know the um, Audi Frog green. That's yeah. that's very voguish at the moment, which I really like. But um, mm. it, it's sort of like that, but a little bit lighter. 
bit lighter. Okay. It's spectacular. And this one had gold wheels on it. So, gold, yeah, gold wheels and this, this bright green metallic body. It looked so good. It was what another. What car are we talking about? The A110. The A110. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Um, and it, it's the first time I've really, you know, pulled over to bother to go and have a look, actually. Um, never driven one. Um, but I, it's, not, it's probably not my kind of car. And I think at the end of the day. Uh, you know, would you do that or would you end up with a Cayman? You'd probably end up with a Cayman like everyone else, wouldn't you? Because they're the same price. But it, it, it looks really appealing, actually. Anyway, that colour was great. Next to it, they do, they're doing these two couple of special edition colours or multiple special edition colours. I got interested enough that I got on the website afterwards. <laughs> and um, I've forgotten what the other one's called. Ruby something. It's not Ruby, though. It looks like um, if you made a milkshake from salmon... That's, 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 so if you're, if you're good, and, and if you're going to do that, do the, get the ones that don't have bones in. <laughs> get the fillets. So, so, so what Dieppe, or wherever their base now has created, yeah, is this sort of salmon milkshake flavoured car. It's not, it's not very nice. I don't like the ruby one. But the, um, mm. the emerald green is really quite something. So I quite, quite fancied one of those. Not, not enough to progress it to go and drive it or anything, but, but I... Um, because they're so expensive. I mean, those oh, are. I was going to say, any idea what the price is? Yeah, they're you know, second hand. The earliest ones are what, 2018, and they're still about. They've still got a four in front. That's a lot of money for really? a. It's okay. a lot of money for a four cylinder Renault, isn't it? And when the other problem I find is that when you type it into Google just to just to find the color, if you type in Alpine A10, uh-huh. A110, you end up mixing it up in the images section with the original version with the proper one yeah yeah and kind of your use of the word proper there then i think oh i don't know if they're similar prices i think i'd rather have the old one but then but you know <laughs> different 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 horses for different courses isn't it i've had absolutely no experience of the new alpine um i've never seen one in the flesh they don't certainly in the UK where I live. They don't seem to have sold any. Mm. Um, I would love to. I would love to know. You know, I'd, I'd love to have a go in one and get a bit more knowledge because they're one of the one of the few modern cars that actually does intrigue me. You know, the reviews are very good. Very good. I've, I've driven the original, the, the, the 1960s A110. Mm-hmm. I've actually driven all of them. I've driven the 310 and I've driven the uh, 610 as well. Mm-hmm. Hang on, hang on wait, wait, wait a minute, I'm getting confused on the numbers. 610's the later 80s one, isn't it? Yes, the 610's the one that looks like a Mark 1 Sierra from, from the front. Yeah. yeah, it's got bits of Porsche look as well, and it's got, yeah, the, it's got the PRV V6 yes. in, in the boot or in the middle. Yes. Yeah. Marcus, and, and Ta- the- Marcus Ta- this, here's a bit of pop culture for you. Marcus Tandy, does that mean anything? Mm-hmm. Name does. El Dorado. He was the baddie come goody in BBC Soap that failed. El Dorado sat on the Costa del Sol and he, okay. he had a 610 and it was one of the later ones because the early, the early 610s from that vintage had um, uh, fed in lights and the mm-hmm. later ones had pop-up. And so okay. he had a later pop-up one with, um, I think it was the turbo, with a uh, sort of metallic-y, bluey, purpley colour. Anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> so tight were they, budget-wise, on that, that 
the car gets to explode in, I think it's the very last episode. Mm. <laughs> and if you watch it on VHS and you move it, advance it frame by frame, as I did at the time, this A610 stops and then it turns into the next frame. It turns into a same colour TR7. <laughs> kid you not honestly it, it absolutely turns from a610 to tr7 and then the next frame boom off comes the bonnet you know big explosion so that so they they wasted a a, a tr7 instead of a, 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 a <laughs> no exactly makes you sad now doesn't it but that's so so yeah el dorado um that's the a610 but i i those are really like those, those are terrific i'd have one i'd have one of those uh, in fact, I saw one for sale the other day. It was about six six thousand pounds. It needed recommissioning, which is always a slightly suspicious um, uh, term, isn't it? But it was like six grand. And it was black with a black leather right. interior. hadn't, <laughs> yeah, hadn't done many such... miles, but it wasn't a um, wasn't a turbo. It was just it was just a V six. But hey. so one one final car that um, again it was kind of along the theme of this of today's show of love at first sight. Um, I was in the process of breaking up with a girlfriend. <laughs> we were sat at a restaurant. Um, we hadn't gone there specifically McDonald's. to break up with her, but that was clearly the way it was going. It was a mutual decision, and it was a poisonous relationship anyway. So she's she's sort of sitting there going, I think we've grown apart. And I'm sitting there looking at her and thinking, it's a Citroen DS over there. <laughs> and she's saying, you know, oh, I've really got, you know, I hope we can work this out. And I'm thinking, it looks like a pallet. What is a little leather interior? And she carried on, you know, pouring her heart out. And uh, I wandered over and had a look at it. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, mean, I can't imagine there. why this went wrong to start with. <laughs> I think it was probably earlier in the relationship when a Citroen SM went by. And I said, wow, look at that. And she said, what? It's just a car. And I thought, we're never going to have kids. (laughs) She may have had that thought herself, of course, already, Mike. (laughs) The the sort of phrase doomed from the beginning was... (laughs) But it was a lovely Citroen DS. uh, And I'm sure she was a lovely girl for for somebody, not me. Mm. Um, But just the lovely Citroen DSs. I've always wanted one. Um, they're just one of those cars that, again, yes, the front wheel drive. Yes, they are flawed in certain ways. Oh, that doesn't. Sorry, sorry. Can I just point? That doesn't matter on that car. That's no. That should be front wheel drive, because if okay. you if you put it rear, you'd end up with a transmission tunnel, and uh, no, that would spoil it. That that's that's correct. Ah, excellent. Well, that's that, that's good because I I do tend to be you know given the choice. Yes, rear wheel drive. Has there ever been? <laughs> Has there ever been? Here's a question. A, a rear engine front wheel drive yeah. car? Skoda. No. Yes. No, that was rear and rear. Um, the, I'm sure the, the Skoda no. Estelle? No, that was rear and rear. I'm sure. Yeah. What, would, what, 80s, could, yeah. what could possibly be the point of engineering the whole car around putting the weight in the wrong place and the drive in the wrong place? Sure. Skoda, the 90s Skodas were rear-wheel drive, are you sure? Yes. Yeah, that, because that was that was one of the gags, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, you, I, want a, I want a rear-engined, you know, rear-wheel drive sports car, you know, and everyone thinks 911, but it, you know, no, I haven't got that. I've got a Skoda um, Estelle with, you know, in, in coupe form. 
So was it was what what was the Citroen then? It was a what a DS twenty one? Was it a DS twenty three Palais or Palace? I'm Palace. never sure how to Pal- pronounce that. No, it's got to be Palace. Probably is Palace. Uh, yeah. Yes, it had leather interior. It was in that nice kind of shade of blue that's not like a French blue, but was a metallic kind of mid blue. Really nice left hand drive, five speed, uh, column mm. shift. Mm. Um, don't ask me what the girl's name was. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and that's precisely why you find yourself talking about cars and nothing else. So that's why I'm so, so terribly alone. <laughs> it was a lovely car. I've always had a soft spot for, for those big Citroens, and I think probably most people do. It's it's one of these one of these things that you know where you can judge someone's character fairly quickly um if they say oh i hate citrons they're all rubbish <laughs> you think they've well, never driven a 2cv uh, if you've never driven an sm or a ds you know not of what you speak you know it's it's the pub experts instant guide to the idiot you know when they say things like that oh you know, for a mayor, it's all rust don't they well no they don't actually um a lot of them do yeah <laughs> so well, no, only yeah. only only up to a certain vintage, only up to what uh, you know, last year. Um, yeah. the, uh, <laughs> no, that is clearly nonsense. No, I, I really like Citroens. There are lots of modern ones I'd have as well. Actually, very keen. Have you owned Alfa Romeos? No, I ne- really, really, really nearly bought a a, a Sud, um, oh. which was absolutely lovely. It had been restored. Um, and uh, it was, I it was a one point five. It was the right spec. It was nice. It had it had alloys and and whatnot. I don't. Know, it wasn't a cloverleaf, but it was. You know, it was. A, it was a, yeah, yeah, nice, really nice car. Um, I don't know why I didn't actually, but I mean, we're going back a lot of years, and you know, it'd been restored at that time. You restored something like that, and it was worth substantially less than what you'd put into it. Yeah. So it was a great, yeah. great buy. Don't know, just didn't just didn't do it. Just one of those. One of those fifteen thousand pound restorations on a two thousand pound car. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was. I think. I think it was like three or four grand or something. He wanted for it four or five grand, maybe. I don't, can't remember, but you know, it was nothing. And he must have spent five to ten on it plus the purchase. You know, and yeah. Um, yeah so no, I, I regret not having that because um, a guy I went to college with had one, and I always liked it. I thought it was yeah a little bit different, a little bit. Um, I, I was looking at one literally just before we started this conversation um, up for auction, and that was a five door, one point three in nice condition, and, and that was asking eight nine thousand pounds, mm, um, mm. which sounds a lot. But then when you think about it, it doesn't sound a lot. Walk into any car dealership with nine thousand pounds and see what you get. Yeah, not 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 a lot, and you know there aren't many of them around either for obvious reasons. Well, I think when. When this uh, podcast starts to make us oodles and oodles of cash, as it undoubtedly will, yeah. I think we should spend our first paychecks on Alfred, because I've never owned one either, and I think that's a dramatic oversight that really ought to be, you know, before the uh, before they take away all our freedoms of owning old cars. So um, the takeaway from that, then, is if you want to make Mike suffer, like and subscribe and all that sort of shit. Yes. Yeah. Like, subscribe, push the bell icon. Oh, no, wait, that's YouTube. I'll leave that to you. <laughs> They've got nothing to like yet, have they? Um, so what... Uh, um, uh, oh, it's a terribly hard. Yeah. 
sure we've done something good. <laughs> what, mm, what is what, your what? what is your drive away out of the selection of today then? Um, I really would like to see that Lincoln Town Cup you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd form an opinion on that. Um, what else do we talk about? I do like a Shadow too. Um, they are they have their faults. But to be honest, behind the wheel of one, you do feel invincible. And they do handle better than you'd expect. Uh, Rolls-Royce Chateau 2, you throw into a bend, and if you know what you're doing, you do come out the other end thinking, this is surprisingly decent. Or you do, um, do just, just come out the other end, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're know, backwards. But, <laughs> uh, but no, they, they, are, they are lovely cars. I still think, above all, a Citroen DS. I love Citroen DSs, and no one will ever change my mind. Thank okay. you. Uh, I think probably the Shadow One. Mm. Uh, if not that, uh, here's total curveball because, as I say, I haven't even driven it. I don't even know if I fit in it. Um, the uh, Alpine A110. Original or new? No, I'll take the new. Yeah. Original ones are really good fun, but Lord, they're tiny. Mm. And you do fall out of love with a car when it breaks down um, out, outside uh, Wisley, just on the approach to the M25, and you have mm. to stand next to the thing for three hours while traffic builds up and answer the same question. Um, the answers to which are, it's an Alpine, I don't know. <laughs> Those questions being, what is it, mate, and what's wrong with it? <laughs> Yeah, but even after that, lovely, uh, lovely car of Alpine uh, A110s. So, decision then. So, Citroen DS and <laughs> Alpine Sorry, yeah, what was your question? A110. <laughs> and so ends another edition of Car Chum. Maybe for another time, I ought to consider getting a vehicle dynamics expert on with us to help explain why that whole rear-engined front-drive thing hasn't become a thing. Thanks for listening. Carchum will be back just as soon as Mike's temperature needle points to normal. Pip pip! <laughs>